Okay, so hi everybody. Welcome. Um, happy Thursday. I hope you guys are all having a super great day. I'm really excited that you all joined us for today's session. Um, and I can't wait to kind of dig in on this topic with you and with our guest speaker, Christina. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Meg. I am part of the virtual hosting team here at Power to Fly. And I am um, super excited for this session and just can't wait to get started. But before we do, I'm going to go over some real quick housekeeping items for y'all. Um, apologies if you've sat through one of these before, um, but I'll try and kind of get through it quickly so we can get down to the meat and potatoes of today's session. Um, so just like all of our virtual events, today is all about you. It's all about our, our audience, our, our, uh, our community members, and it's all about making sure that you guys get as much out of today as we put into it. So to that end, please, please, please feel free to participate. Um, questions and comments are always welcome. Um, you can do that in a couple different ways. You are more than welcome to turn your cameras on. I know I really appreciate seeing new faces and messy buns, coworkers, both fuzzy and otherwise, um, you know, odd desk places like your couch or under your bed or whatever. All of that is totally cool with us. Um, so if you're, you're more than welcome to turn on your cameras if you'd like, but don't feel the pressure if you don't want to, we get it. Um, if you want to come off mute to participate, you know, to, you know, ask a question or voice a comment, awesome. Just know that if you do so, um, whether your camera is on or off, you will show up on our recording of today's session. Um, either your, you know, your video or your avatar, whatever you guys have up, that'll show up. So um, if you want to participate, but you want to remain off of the recording, not a problem, you can still do so. All you're going to have to do is put your questions or comments into the Zoom group chat. I'll be monitoring it during today's session um, and trying to raise questions or comments uh, to Christina as we're able to. Um, and then if you are in like super deep cover black ops, don't want anyone to ever know you were here, um, you can still participate. Just go into the Zoom group chat and instead of sending your comments to everyone on that dropdown, you're gonna pick my name, Meg Alexander, from the dropdown menu and send it to me directly. I'll try and make sure your questions are raised uh, or comments are raised and I will absolutely keep you completely anonymous. Um, like I said earlier, today's session is being recorded. So whether you um, only join us for five minutes or you stay for the full hour, or you know maybe you're watching this later because you forgot to show up for today's session, anybody that registered for today's session, whether or not you attend, will get a email in about one to two business days with a link to rewatch the recording of today's session. Um, if you, you know, hear something that's super great and mind blowing and you have to tell you know, your sister or your coworker or you know, anybody you'd like, um, awesome and you are free to send that email or send that um that link around wherever you'd like it's always free to watch our videos if you can't wait to uh to for that email in two days you are more than welcome to head over to our youtube channel we are at power to fly um and the video will be posted there um i think it's actually instantaneous so as soon as we finish recording here it should be up there um and you again like you can send that wherever you'd like those videos live in perpetuity on our website and our youtube channel I highly suggest you subscribe. Um, it's a really great way to make sure that you don't miss a great chat and learn and it doesn't clutter up your inbox. So it's kind of nice. Um, but you know, make sure you check that out. You can also keep up with us on our other social medias. We are at Power to Fly on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And let's see what else. Subscribe to YouTube, chat and learn is being recorded. I think I covered everything. Oh, if you are gonna come off mute to ask questions, um, make sure that you uh, only come off mute to ask your question and then go back on mute. We do this to maintain audio clarity for everybody. Um, I'll, you'll see me doing it constantly throughout today's chat so that no one has to listen to the two bulldogs that are snoring under my desk. Um, and if I do mute you, it is not a rebuke. You are more than welcome to participate. Just, um, just know that I'm doing it so we can maintain audio clarity. So if for whatever reason you're not sure about that, just feel free to participate in the Zoom group chat if you prefer. Um, I see we've got a bunch of people talking in the chat. So thanks so much, everybody, for, for shouting out wherever you're coming from um, and making new friends. Awesome. Um, so as we get started today, I would love to introduce you to our speaker. Christina is the head of project management and implementation at Millennium Management. Prior to joining Millennium, she held roles at City, Caxton Associates, and Nelson Communications. She has over 20 years of experience in project management and implementation, technology, and leading teams. She's worked at Millennium for over eight years and is the mother of two girls and a greyhound named Luna. Welcome, Christina. Hi, thanks for having me. So excited. Yeah. Um, so before we um, jump into um, the chat and learn questions for today, 
Um, I do just wanna highlight that you are more than welcome if you would all like to, to follow Millennium Management on Power to Fly. I'm gonna throw a link into the chat here in just a second where you can um, check out their profile or their, their company page. Um, it'll have a big pink follow button on the upper right-hand corner of the screen. Clicking that follow button does a couple of really great things for you. Um, it tells Millennium Management that you are interested in working with them. Um, so it kind of acts as like your friend at the company that's like, hey, I know this person and she might be really great for this role. Um, but it also does some great things for you directly. It tells you whenever Millennium Management has new roles that they've posted. So you don't have to keep coming back and refreshing and refreshing job board. Um, it also lets you know when they have updates to their page or if they participate in events like today, like our virtual career fairs or our summits, um, both mini and mega that we host um, every couple months. So please feel free to you know, click that follow button. Um, it's a really great way to kind of stay informed about a company and make sure that um, you are on their, follow on their follow network. So when Power to Fly talent advocates, like the job that I used to do, um, go sourcing for new people, then um, that's one of the first places they go to look um, is to see you know, if anybody in that follow network is already interested in working for Millennium Management and might already have the qualifications that they're looking for. Um, so that I'll send the, uh, the links into the chat in just a second. Um, before we get started with today's Q&A, um, I do just wanna, um, do just wanna specify that the, um, the opinions that Christina is going to be expressing in this Q&A are her own views and not necessarily those of Millennium Management. So just keep that in mind, um, which is pretty great because I'm pretty sure everybody just came to hear your advice anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so the screen that you're seeing in front of you is the first of two, um, two like question slides. I'm gonna pause on these for a couple of seconds each. Um, please feel free to um, you know, take a screen grab here if you'd like. Um, you, again, you don't have to take notes or anything, but more of our, some of our type A joiners really like appreciate knowing what questions are probably gonna be asked. Um, I'm gonna switch to the next slide here. And this also kind of will serve as a, you know, a bit of a roadmap for you. So maybe if you have a question that comes up and it is already on this list, either if it comes up in the chat, I can save it for you know, when we get into these sessions or these sections, or we can um, you know, kind of address these things as they come. This, uh, this should be more of a participatory chat. So please, please, please don't feel like you have to wait to ask a question um, other than not interrupting when Christina is speaking or when one of our attendees is. I, however, am fair game. I get paid to fill the silence. So please feel free to interrupt me. Um, but yeah, make sure that you, you get your questions asked and answered. Um, if you submitted a question earlier and you don't see it on today's list, please feel free to come off mute and ask it or put it in the chat. Um, the best way to make sure that your question gets asked and answered is to either come off mute while you're on the session today or put it into the Zoom chat. Um, I do see people asking if the presentation stack is gonna be shared. It won't be, unfortunately, but you, like I said, you can always um, check back here um, to rewatch the recording either on Power to Fly's website or on our YouTube channel. Um, all right, so Christina, to jump off with our first question, um, this person had asked, how can we maintain a healthy balance of confidence and humility without being read as submissive or unassertive? Yeah, this is a great question. And um, I'm gonna caveat all of these answers um, before I even start to say, this is something that I continuously work on and, and practice. Um, no one's an expert. I am certainly not an expert in, in confidence. Um, and uh, you know, it's something that I, I make sure that I, I, I check and I work on and I develop um, throughout my career. And so if I could tell my old, um, you know, just starting person coming out of school, um, what to do and what to say, I would certainly give this advice to that person, but it is something that um, I, again, just, uh, I have to work on myself. So, um, but anyway, how do we maintain a healthy balance of confidence um, without being submitted or uh, unassertive? Um, so one of the things that um, I like to do is uh, basically fake it till you make it. Um, uh, you know, project your voice. Make sure that you're speaking loudly. You're you're coming across and in a way that you know what you're talking about. Um, you know, I, I like to tell the story. Um, sometimes in in the past. Uh, um, we might have taken a different role in like a meeting or something, right? You might have um, been a little bit more 
uh, laid back uh, or taking a different role, especially as women, right? And, and we, we might take more of a note-taking thing. So just checking yourself and really making sure that you're projecting uh, your voice and projecting um, that you know what you're talking about. Thank you for that. I think you're right. I think um, I feel like fake it till you make it was my mantra for a while as well. <laughs> it's nice to know that other people are doing this, this too. So thank you so much for highlighting that. Okay, so this next question had asked, it's, um, it's hard to see women role models in certain environments such as tech, and the imposter syndrome can really hit someone hard. How do you combat it from a female perspective where it's difficult to imagine yourself in the kind of jobs you want, especially if you're not seeing that modeled for you? There's also a second part to this question. Um, have you ever felt less capable of doing something because of who you are or where you come from and how do you overcome that? Yeah, so imposter syndrome is real. Like, am I, am I okay? Am I, uh, am I supposed to be sitting at the table with these senior people, with these other um, men, uh, with uh, anyone in a more of a, 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 a role of power? Um, and again, it's something that I have struggled with throughout my career and, and it took some time to get there. Um, the one thing I would say is if you're, let's say it's a meeting, um, you know, you were invited to that meeting for a reason. So own that. Um, make sure that you, you feel it. You kind of talk to yourself and say, okay, I was invited to this meeting. I have to make sure that some of my views or something that, that uh, I can bring to the table is demonstrated into that meeting. Um, so one of the ways that you can do that is prepare um, to say, okay, um, maybe I have an ally in that meeting that I'm going to, uh, that, that's in the meeting with me. Maybe I can prepack with that person and say, hey, I have this idea I'd like to bring it up to the meeting. Hmm, maybe I feel a little bit uh, intimidated to bring it up in front of those people. Clear that with the person ahead of time and say, okay, would you, could you direct me or could you at least call on me or something so I can get my voice heard or, or um, so I can be a part of the conversation so that it's not you trying to interject yourself into the meeting or something that you might be a little bit more nervous about because you have that imposter syndrome. Um, from a female perspective, I, you know, I was touching on this on the previous question of like, you know, we, we sometimes um, find ourselves taking more of a role in, of the more typical um, administrative side of, of some of the, um, of the roles or, or stuff, even from a, a tech perspective. Um, you know, I would say step away from that. Make sure that you're presenting yourself in a way that is, um, that it's, it's your expertise rather than a note taker or, um, you know, you're, you're bringing some kind of tech knowledge to the table um, rather than, than more of the administrative side. Um, the second part of this, have you ever felt less capable of doing something because of who you are, where you came from? Absolutely. Um, especially in this industry I'm in, right, finance, um, a lot of people have the Ivy League background. A lot of people have um, uh, experience um, with different uh, very big name firms. Um, starting off my career, I came from uh, an advertising world. Um, in the interview to, to, and I'll talk to this a little bit later, but in the interview that, you know, I, I could barely tell you what the differences were between a stock and a bond. And that was intimidating. So yes, absolutely. Um, it, 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 it's some of those things that you, again, you're, you're there for a reason. You have to own it and you have to just get that in your head that yes, that this, I'm here. I belong here and, and um, own it. Thank you. I feel like it's, this is something a lot of people struggle with, especially when, like, the, like this question it said, you know, when there's not a real model for that at your company. Um, is it ever like useful to kind of seek out the, the, like, seek out those models at other companies? Like if you know of, you know, either go on LinkedIn and look for, you know, people that have your same job title or the job title you're looking to earn and it's, you know, at a different company, is that somebody that you would ever reach out to? Or is it more important, like you said, to kind of like find those allies or find those buddies in your own company? Yeah, I think I think both are equally important. I think um, if you can find someone that's an ally or someone that you can have a mentor-mentee relationship with, yes, absolutely. Get that advice, get that um, foot in the door, get that um, person to help speak on your behalf for you, to, to pump you up to other people, absolutely. 
Um, if it's a matter of you know interviewing for a job and you see a similar role, maybe in another industry or another uh, firm, um, and you have that contact there, yeah, get get it, get as many hooks or information as you can um, in order to be as success, successful as you can. Excellent, good advice. <laughs> um, all right, so this next person wanted to know, do you have tips for showing confidence when you are new to a job and have to work alongside peers who have been there for years? Yes, absolutely. So there's a couple things that I do from a confidence perspective and then from a peer perspective. Um, from the peer perspective, uh, I like to develop relationships with them. Um, one of the things that I learned um, very early on and, and even through some leadership training is to get to know the people that you're working with. Um, we did an exercise once to say, okay, um, you have these people in your meeting, right? Uh, tell me their wife's name and their um, children's name or their dog's name. And we couldn't do it. And we've been working with these people for years. And I could not believe I didn't even know their wife or their kids or how many kids that they had. So the first thing that I did that I, um, besides just getting to know them, it's, but when you get to know them, you can now be confident in speaking with them and speaking to them in the meeting. So um, yes, absolutely. That, that's kind of my, how I, I, I feel the confidence with the peers is just get to know them and develop that relationship with them. Um, for me, for showing confidence overall, what makes me feel confident? I would ask you all that same question. Um, is it uh, wearing a certain outfit that you're like, okay, this is my power outfit. I'll be honest, wearing a black button down shirt for me makes me feel confident, um, especially when I'm strutting my stuff down in, uh, you know, in New York City. Um, and that's why I'm wearing it today. It's my confidence boost. Um, and sometimes in, at work, I, uh, you know, being in an all male, uh, or not all male, but in a lot of male uh, dominated field and, and, and meetings, um, I always felt small, like physically small. Um, and so another thing that makes me personally feel um, powerful is getting back up at their height. So when I tell you that I wear heels that are about this big, I, um, and I, and uh, so I can like physically present myself taller, it makes me feel taller. I'm not saying necessarily you guys have to wear heels, but do something that makes you feel confident on the inside and then develop the relationships to make you feel confident with your peers. I love that. I love the, both the, you know, kind of the mental, um, like, you know, mind game kind of thing, but I, I love the, the heels advice too. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in like feeling confident because of like what you're wearing, like that, it, it you know, it kind of gives you that extra layer of like, well, you know, even if I maybe don't say things the right way or something, like, at least I don't have like, you know, a mustard stain all down my shirt or something like that. So, yeah. All right, so this next person um, had asked, how can I be confident while influencing up? I feel like my superiors may not have much to learn from me. Yeah, this is also a great question. And this is how you're going to get, uh, move up in your career um, and get uh, exposure to other people. Um, you know, influencing up and really, um, working with the people that are more senior from you, they want to know what's what's going on and on your level or below. They want to know what's the scoop of, of going on into the company. Um, again, I took a leadership training uh, course once, and uh, she used the um, the analogy: feed the bear, give them bits of information that's relevant or that they wouldn't necessarily know. Um, in order to get uh, to get buy-in, and they want to hear from you. Um, they, they hired you for a reason, um, and uh, you know what what's happening. What's happening on the projects that you're working on? What's happening in just in day to day, or what are you hearing about? I mean, it doesn't have to be like confidential information, but just little bits of information so that one you're relevant uh, for what you're working on, and 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 you're relevant in the company. I absolutely love that. Feed the bear. That's like <laughs> awesome. I stole that from someone. So shout yeah. out. <laughs> um, so we are, we're also getting questions in the chat. Um, and this, this person had asked um, what leadership training you had gone for. Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. It was actually something that was offered by my firm, but I have taken a bunch of different courses um, through online uh availability. I mean, LinkedIn has a, a bunch of it. I'm sure 
power to fly. You guys probably have some, some things too, and some chats um, to, that you can review. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, it was something that, that for me personally, it was, it was offered uh, as, a, as a program or as an incentive as part of Millennium. Um, I've taken it in previous um, firms as well. Um, this one was a little bit more one-on-one, -on -one, the most recent one. Um, but I also encourage you like, to listen to people speak um, I would say Carla Harris is somebody that we had come from um, our women's network here at Millennium. And I find her so inspiring and, and the stuff that she has to say, I particularly her Carla's Pearls, um, it's such a, it's something that I reference often to kind of um, think about where I am, where my career is, um, how to lead, how to follow, um, and how to present myself. Um, I think one of her, her, uh, items is being your authentic self. I think there might be a question on that too. Um, it touched me. It really like, I walked out of that, um, that talk, like a changed person. Um, but from a leadership perspective in the training, um, I would look out there. I'm sure I can probably dig up some stuff uh, once this is over to, to give some suggestions. Awesome. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll make sure that we um, flag Nicole before she sends out the rewatch to this and we can try and include some of those links um, into the rewatch email before it goes out. Um, while we're uh, answering the next question, I'll also be in the background um, pulling up some of the past leadership chats that we've had. We've had some really great people come and speak about not necessarily just how to be a good leader, um, but how to how to, as an employee, how to, you know, kind of work well with management in such a way that it benefits you as a, as a um, managee. So I'll dig those up here in just a second. Um, let's see, hold on, sorry. There we go. Um, so this person had wanted to know, how did you work to improve your confidence? Were there any steps that you have found particularly beneficial? Yeah. Um, Again, I think you kind of have to keep practicing, um, faking it a bit and, until you actually own that confidence. Um, I would say that, you know, I've gotten feedback um, in, in the past that, that's impacted me um, and to project that confidence and to, to fake that confidence until I owned it. Um, I'll give an example. I, uh, I ran this very large project um, early on in my career at, um, at Millennium. Um, and very, very senior people all around the table. And um, I sat in the back of the side of the table and I didn't say a single word in that, in that meeting. And we walk out of the meeting and my boss comes to me and he says, uh, Christina, you know, that was, you're running that project. Why didn't you speak up? Um, and, you know, I invited you here for a reason. You're running the meeting, like what's going on? And I, and I was so intimidated by the people that were sitting around that, that table that I was like, oh, right. I, I should not have, what was wrong with me? I was so scared to speak up that, um, and intimidated by the people around the room that I didn't. So the next meeting I said, okay, I plopped myself right front row center, right in the meeting, uh, where you sit actually has a very big impact, right? On how you feel, the confidence that you have. Are you, are you in a position where you're leading the meeting? Or are you in the corner kind of being more timid? And I owned it. And uh, and that next meeting, I, I ran it. Things went really well. My boss said, "Great, that's exactly what I want to see." Um, so, uh, you know, I, I hate to keep repeating the "fake it till you make it," but it, it really, truly is um, practice makes perfect. Um, and so, get yourself in front of opportunities where you can practice that confidence, and then it'll it'll become more natural. So, just as a, a personal sidebar here. Um, if you are maybe not in a position where you can make those opportunities happen for yourself, is this the kind of thing that you could bring to maybe your manager or your, you know, whoever your supervisor is and say, like, you know, I'm looking on, on developing, I'm, look, I'm looking to, to work on developing my confidence. Are there any opportunities that I could take advantage of? Or, you know, is that something that you should flag to somebody like that? Or is it something that you should really more work on yourself first? Absolutely, you should flag it. You, um, you know, I think you're all attending this this meeting really because you want to improve and and be a better uh, version of yourself, right? So yes, take every opportunity you can to get help, to get mentorship, to get leadership to support you. Um, yes, you should definitely work on it yourself. But if you, any of you on this call, have a, an opportunity to speak to someone. 
um, to say, hey, I'm working on this. Is, is there something that you can do to help? Um, I would assume more likely than not, the people that you're talking to would be like, yes, I would love to help you. Let me let me help you help me, right? Because the person that you're talking to is, is going to benefit from your um, performance as well. So they want to see you succeed. And I'm sure that they'll do anything in their power to help you succeed. I mean, I would hope so. Absolutely. Um, okay, so this next person who wanted to know, how do you confidently set boundaries and say no to accepting tasks that will distract your focus from your goals? Yeah, this, I, I feel it's hard, right? It's hard to balance um, being seen as a, a contributor to be being seen as um, someone who goes above and beyond um, versus saying, oh, nope, that's too much. Uh, I have a certain thing that I need to accomplish. Adding that extra thing is going to distract me from my goals, is to uh, get me off the course that I'm, I'm trying to go on. Um, and uh, so I think it's a balance. Um, you know, some advice that's been given to me is to make sure that you're a person that people go to for help and for solving problems. Um, they want to see you as a contributor, right? So, um, so it's a way that you have to accept um, things, accept projects, accept tasks, accept anything that's being put on your plate, but to balance that with realistic um, expectations. And so I would say you might have to change the narrative like, okay, well, maybe I can do this thing for you or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I can't solve this particular task for you, but I know how to, so that you're still helping or you're still um, kind of contributing to the conversation without giving another solution or at least an answer or some guidance for whatever that thing is. And so that you accomplish getting involved or being part of the, the story, but you still get to, um, you still get to uh, uh, help them out for whatever they need to do. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I mean, and it can feel really hard, especially, you know, if you're new or if you're not really that confident in either your skills or your place in the company and, the, you know, kind of the security of that position, um, it can be really easy to, to feel like you have to say yes to everything that's handed to you, right? Um, and so I think you're right. It's, it's, it's good to kind of set those boundaries and keep them, but it's also good to do it in a way that makes it clear, um, that you, you know, you're not trying to, to like not help other people. You just have these other things on your plate that you need to focus on first. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I see we're getting a couple of notes from people in the chat saying they're having problems with sound. Everything's coming in loud and clear for me, but just FYI, this, the whole session is being recorded and everybody who registered for today's session will get sent a link to the recording or you can find it on our YouTube channel um, as soon as the uh, event is over. Um, okay, so to lead into our next question, um, this person wanted to know, how can you build your confidence when interviewing for a position that you don't really qualify for but manage to get an interview? Yeah, so, um... You know, when you when you're getting when you have the interview for something that you don't feel like you really qualify for, um, I would assume that that person saw something in your resume or something about you that spoke to them. Um, and the goal is to find out what that is that spoke to them and focus on that. It is totally okay to say, um, I don't know something. I don't know uh, the, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, uh, if we're in the tech world, I don't know that particular uh, language. Um, uh, but I do know this. Um, so, you know, again, it, you know, it's the confidence to say that there's a reason why I'm sitting in front of you. Um, and there, a reason why I'm in this interview. Um, but, uh, and, and owning it and, and, and focusing on the, the, the things that brought them in. And you can even ask that question and say, you know, uh, may I ask what, you know, what is it about my resume that called that, that spoke to you to, to bring me in for this interview? It's a completely fair thing to ask. And you can say that and then, um, build on that and, and, um, expand on that. Yeah, for sure. Besides, like, I feel like this is kind of a direct lead-in um, or a direct uh, uh, consequence, I guess, of some of the, the, the similar questions we get on other chats where people are nervous to apply for jobs because they think they don't meet all the qualifications. 
Um, and it's one of those things that kind of is evergreen and it's, it's kind of like weird how often it comes up in other chats, but like most women don't apply to a job unless they feel that they know that they meet all the requirements. Well, not only is that a really like, it's really limiting to you as a person to, to you know, feel like you, you're, you know, you're telling yourself no before anybody else has a chance to, but you're also, you're limiting yourself in ways that men don't. So why would you do that? And if you have all of the qualifications that they want for this position, granted, you know, most job descriptions are like looking for a unicorn, but if you have all of the qualifications, then you're probably going to be pretty bored at that job right away. There's not a lot of growth that's going to happen there. So if you're going to, you know, kind of stretch yourself a little bit, then you should be applying for jobs where you maybe don't meet every single requirement. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing is like Christina said, you know, it's, for, it's fine to ask the question and make sure that you're not like drawing their eye to like the fact that you don't have, you know, one of the items that they had listed. Talk about what things you do that do make, like things that you have that do make you a great fit for the position. Um, you know, if they want to look at the negatives, that's fine, but there's literally no reason for you to point them out for them. Yeah, I don't remember where I read this exact statistic, but um, I remember seeing something where it said like, uh, men, men uh, apply for jobs that they are severely underqualified for and women apply for jobs that they're severely overqualified for. I, I don't remember the exact like quote, but uh, I believe it. I, and I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. If there's, you know, if there's a job, even if it's in an industry, I mean, you know, an industry that you're not familiar with, that's okay. That's how I got into finance. I think I was mentioning it before, right? I came from advertising. I didn't even know what a hedge fund was um, when I uh, when I was applying for the job, and I said that to my future boss. I said, "Listen, I uh, I barely know the difference between a stock and a bond. Um, however, I know IT and I know business, um, and I know how to bridge the two, and I know how to speak the language of IT, and I know how to speak the language of of." Um, of a business and that's what I bring to the table um, and I'm willing to learn the rest of it. And she was like, I will teach you everything I need to know. And, and she was the best, I still talk to her. Um, and I got the job and here I am, you know, so many years later in the hedge fund and finance world, finance world. Um, do it, just, you know, take that, take that leap of faith for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Plus I feel like it's really important to, you know, think of yourself as, as you want others to see you, you know, if you're, if you're going into interview and actually, if, if this is your question, like if anybody that's tuning in today, if this is what you wrote in, please feel free to come off mute to add a, you know, any kind of context or a follow-up question if you'd like. But when I read this question at first, I was kind of torn between the idea when they said like that you don't qualify for, I was torn between maybe somebody that doesn't have like a traditional education. Like they don't have the degree um, in that specific field that they want or something like that versus somebody that thinks like, like we talked about, that they only meet, you know, 60% of the qualifications instead of a hundred. Um, and I, I know that stat that you were, you were referencing, it comes back all of the time, especially in this field. Um, and I feel like it's really important to, you know, kind of flag for people that if you meet, like, at least my personal role is if you meet three of the five, um, you know, like three, three out of five of the listed, uh, you know, requirements for a specific job, go ahead and apply. Like, now, if they want you to be like, you know, a lion tamer and you, you know, have never seen a, a big cat in your entire life, maybe that's the one that you should really pay attention to. But, you know, if it's a skill that you can pick up along the way or a skill that you'd be happy to work on, like Christina said, there's nothing wrong with saying, well, I know how to do this much and these are all my applicable, applicable skills that would make me great for the position. I'm more than willing to learn such and such if you would like to teach me or, you know, kind of something like that. It would be super, super smart of you to do that. Um, Cause it, you know, it really shows your commitment not only to, to furthering your growth as a, you know, as an employee but also how willing you are to, you know kind of do that at this company. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, all right. So this person had wanted to know um, how can you recover your confidence when you feel doubted in an interview? And this, I mean, I've been through this a ton of times where you like, you feel like going all hopeful and then all of a sudden it's like you lose that wind in your sails and it could be something external. It could be something just like you're the only one that notices, but how, how can you recover that confidence? And maybe are there different methods of doing it when it's something that you're feeling versus like they're poking holes in your resume? 
Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll give a story from, from my experience. Um, this is actually interviewing for Millennium. Um, and uh, I came in actually like, uh, all right, this job, if there was, if I wrote my own um, job description, this would be what I am applying for. So I, I was feeling very, very good. Um, but I was rusty. I had taken some time between the previous hedge fund and then I was at um, City for a little bit, which is a large bank and completely different environment and then go, trying to go back to another hedge fund again. And um, I was interviewing with a tech manager who is probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in, in, in my life. And in the interview, all of a sudden he starts peppering me with questions and he's like throwing acronyms at me and um, programming languages. And I mean, it was like one after the one after the other. And I was like, uh, and it, it was so caught off guard. And, um, and like my brain froze that I was just like, I was choked. I just sat there and I was like, I, I don't even know what you're saying. Like you might be as well be speaking another language. Um, and I, I actually paused it. I said, listen, I'm sorry. Let me, let's just reset here. Here's what I did. Here's what I know. Um, you know, you asked me about X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, this is how I had done it in my previous role. I can't remember the exact acronym that I used for, um, a Bloomberg terminal from, you know, so many years ago, but, um, this is what I do know. So it's, it's similar to the previous question where, you know, take that, that, doubt and and turn it around and put it on something that you do know and that you are confident about and try to change the conversation so that it's something that you you feel good about yeah thank you for that i feel like it's it's one of those things that you think in the moment that you want to like kind of hit a reset button and like kind of redirect but you're right there's nothing wrong with calling out and saying like you know i'm so sorry i got ahead of myself like can i give me a second to collect my thoughts or you know, one of my favorite placeholder questions is um, like, oh, that's really an interesting question. Can you tell me why you would ask that? Or can you tell me like, you know, how this relates to the, you know, to the skills that would be necessary for this role? Um, it's, it can kind of give you a beat to catch your breath and really um, think back to what you were trying to say. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, could we just, you know, go back, like get back to get back, you know, kind of get back on track or get back to what we were speaking about earlier. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so this this question I especially liked. Um, this person wanted to know how do we deal with declining confidence due to multiple job rejections? And this I feel like is something that everybody's had to deal with. Um, you know, kind of finding a new job is sort of like dating in that everybody fails until you find the one. So really, like, how do you kind of handle that that continued kind of beat down on your confidence? Yeah, for me, I like to reach out to my tribe. Um, you know, I, and, and I say that in a joking way, but in all seriousness, like who is your work contacts? Who is your networking, your people that you network with? Um, and find out, find out about yourself. Hey, get some constructive criticism. Um, what is it about working with you or networking with you or being friends with you that is a good thing? Like, what are the, what are the things that, that, that we, why are, why do we have this connection together? Um, you know, what are my strengths? Give me feedback. Um, and what are things that I can work on? Um, and, and in a constructive way, right. Um, reach out to your network and, and let them build you up so that that confidence, you know, the rejection that you're getting, bringing down, bringing down, bringing down, um, reach out to those people, those, the network of, of your friends, of your colleagues, et cetera, um, of your, of your student, uh, body, and so that they're helping you build up that confidence and you can understand more about yourself um, and really learn uh, like how you're perceived from other people and ask that question. Um, or I hear you saying this about me. How do you think so-and-so perceives me? Um, and so that it'll open your eyes and maybe you can course correct or adjust um, how you're, you're going forward in these interviews. I love that. We had actually had a, a speaker, I think it was last week um, that talked about kind of forming your own personal board of directors. Yeah. Um, you know, people that are really invested in your, either in your, your life or in your, um, your career and your future. Um, people that really support you and are, are your fans and are on your team. Um, because yes, those people are there to support you, but having that, like you said, having that outside perspective can be really helpful because like, it's really difficult to identify what your, um, maybe some of your shortcomings or things that you really need to work on can be. Um, and so it really can help, especially 
if you ask these questions and actually listen to the answers. Um, you know, especially when somebody's telling you something you don't want to hear, that's when it's really difficult to listen to it. Um, but yeah, it can be really helpful to kind of have that, you know, that, that reflection of who you really are or who you're projecting onto people, um, as opposed to how you hope that you're coming across. Absolutely. Have you ever had a situation where you had to take like feedback from, you know, from a member of your tribe that was just really difficult to swallow? Absolutely. Um, you know, we do, um, we do 360 uh, reviews here um, and uh, we do anonymous feedback as well. Um, and uh, I've gotten some feedback. I got some feedback that um, I talk too fast. And so now when I'm talking to you, I'm trying to slow myself down um, because apparently talking slow uh, induces confidence and uh, gives you more of a perception of being senior. Um, so that was some feedback I've gotten. Um, I've gotten stop leaning in front of the uh, the camera and taking notes and looking like you know you're 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 being an administrative uh, assistant in the meeting. Sit back, project again, confidence, um, and just again you know some feedback on meetings. I, I mentioned it before, right? Like my presence in the meetings, how I'm speaking up, what I'm saying, um, not being scared to voice my opinion. It's, it's, uh, it's sometimes it's pretty hard to hear, um, right? When you think you're doing a great job and then you have to kind of look back internally and say, all right, I need to fix this in me. Um, and that's what we're here for, right? All of you are, are signed up on here is, is to be the better, a better you. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm super proud of you and I, I'm gonna do it too. I'm gonna go back and work better on myself as well. <laughs> Oh, I completely feel you on the talking too fast thing. I do it <laughs> constantly. I get like really excited and we're trying to make the most of our hour here and I can like hear it. I Part of my, uh, my Jerseyisms too. <laughs> yes, I do the same. There's a lot of Midwest like that. Oh yeah, it's bad. Um, so we had a couple people chiming in in the chat while we were, while we were um, speaking. Um, this one person had asked, uh, what do you do when you feel like you don't have anyone to serve on your board of directors, on your like personal board? Yeah, um, that's hard. I would say um, join some some clubs. Uh, join, uh, you know, there's plenty of things on LinkedIn. I'm sure Power to Fly has uh, many uh, avenues to meet people and to connect to people. Um, I uh, I get it. It's it's not easy. It's not easy in this environment. Um, but you know, you have to you have to get involved. Um, you know, I would say like, you know, starting in, in college, um, joining different um, organizations, um, that's kind of where I started, um, kind of building up who my circle was from a, a career perspective. Um, and then I've got my outside circle as well, right? My friends, my family, et cetera. Um, from a friend's perspective, you know, I've got, I've got all walks of life um, of women and they have different views and opinions and ways of thinking about things. And I, I love to hear that. I mean, I don't necessarily always agree with them, but it, it changes the way um, that I think, but that's how I kind of get those people in. From the career perspective, um, reach out, reach out to, if, if you're with a, a company, reach out if you're in an organization with Power to Fly and LinkedIn, um, try to find similar people of interest, try to find different people of interest, but get in front of those people and develop relationships with them. Um, and develop those relationships in a way that it's not that you're you're just always asking for something. It, do it so that it's it's getting to know them, getting to know their family, getting to know what what's important to them, um, so that they get as much out of of the conversation as you're getting out. Um, yeah, so a mentee mentor relationship is very important, and building up your network and your board of directors is very important. But it is a two way um, relationship, and they will get as much as it as, as you. So don't be intimidated to ask for for to 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 grow that network as well. It, it, everyone wants to do that. Everybody wants to connect. So it's it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree, and I I know that it can feel really challenging, especially during you know quarantine and when we're trying to. Do, we're trying to work remotely. We're trying to work out of our houses. It can also feel like, at least for me, I, I get a lot of Zoom burnout. And so it feels like the last thing you want to do is attend a networking thing, especially if they're not something you particularly enjoy or you don't feel like you're really getting that much out of them. Um, but yeah, Christine is absolutely right. Like kind of flexing those, those muscles. And especially when if you're in a, a, you know, a, a virtual environment, yes, you're networking, but if you mess up or you feel like you, you know, kind of hit a wrong note or something, 
just keep going. It's not like you have to like keep dodging that person in the conference room or at the buffet table for the rest of the evening. Um, you know, kind of pick yourself up and be like, all right, well, now it's another another turn. You really do get that kind of do-over. Um, I'm throwing a link into the chat here in case anybody is really interested in working on these like networking skills. Um, we're having an event tomorrow. Um, you can click that link there and sign up for it. Um, it's about networking with confidence and it's gonna be actually excellent prep for a lot of the upcoming networking events that we're hosting. Um, there's actually one tonight um, with, uh, what is it? with um, Thursday, it's Thursdays with Powerfly and WICTNY and it's about mentorship and networking. So that's happening this evening actually um, at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, but then the, there's a couple more of the, you know, the event about networking with confidence is tomorrow um, at 1 p.m. Eastern. And we've got a bunch more networking events coming up. You can see them on our, our schedule. I'll drop that link as well. Um, okay, so we have about 15 minutes left in the chat. And I wanna make sure that if you have a question um, that you would like answered, please, please, please make sure you get it in. Um, again, you can either come off mute and ask your question or you can put your question into the chat. Um, so we had someone that asked anonymously, um, they, had, they had originally submitted a question about dealing with confidence issues stemming from having to deal with chronic health issues and being essentially homebound because trying to work within the confines of disability is incredibly unique and is you know, a very difficult thing to, to kind of overcome. And it's a lot different than a lot of the struggles that people that hold down traditional jobs have. Um, do you have any uh, advice for or experience in this area of like, you know, disability or chronic health or, um, you know, feeling in some way separated from your peers by something that you can't really control? Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Um, I, I just want to extend and say, well, you know, it's, it's got to be very difficult. Um, what I would assume um, is uh, this is a unique situation, this environment right now, um, right? And I feel that it is definitely... Um, level the playing field, I think, um, for, for people who need to work from home um, for multiple uh, reasons, right? From maybe they have a, a different situation from a, a work-life balance, um, you know, having to take care of the kids with, um, with virtual school and such. Um, so I would say uh, now's the time to use that for your advantage, right? Um, and, and see if, if, uh, you know, being home, being, being able to be in front of the computer, um, where everyone else as as well, and maybe that is a, an opportunity to, um, you know, grow from there. And, you know, as somebody, I, I don't deal with, um, you know, disabilities or chronic health issues, but as somebody who deals with, um, like, chronic mental health problems and, you know, situations that I have to deal with, um, one of the things that I find really helpful is to focus on, because your situation is so different from everybody else around you, or especially your peers, um, especially your coworkers even, it can be really easy to see all the things that you don't have or that you can't do because of that. Um, one of the things that helps me is to focus on, because of my unique situation, what are some things that I, I have, I've had to become good at so that I can deal with these things. That, you know, situations where I've had to either develop certain skills or learn how to process certain things, um, you know, I can be a very patient person because I have to be patient with myself. And so dealing with somebody else, like, you know, not picking up on things or having to be told a couple different times how to do something or, you know, re reiterating instructions is something I'm really good at because I have to do it with myself constantly. Um, you know, taking the time to go through things and make sure that I, I actually understand what, you know, what the project is. I have to do that so that I don't, you know, race through something because I'm excited to start and realize, you know, two days into a project that, oh, I really should have, you know, paid closer attention to what I was being asked to do. So, you know, finding what those, those things are, and a lot of times they're, they're considered soft skills, but we talk about this a lot, guys. Those soft skills cannot be bought. You know, these are things that you learn either by, by having experience in the working world or just by being a person in the world. So maybe empathy is something that you are really good at because you're used to having to be empathetic with yourself or empathetic with know, a family member with health issues or whatever. Um, highlighting those things can not only help build my confidence, but it also helps me kind of like highlight for maybe, you know, my, my coworkers or my supervisor, like, hey, I'm not super great at this aspect of the task that you assigned, but I am really great at this aspect. So could I like focus more of my attention on this? Or could we give me a little bit more time to handle this stuff because I know it's not going to be easy. Um, but yeah, I, please, um, 
you know, same, same uh, sentiment as Christina, like that must be very difficult to work with. And my heart goes out to you. And I really hope that, like she said, you're taking advantage if you can of, you know, this, this virtual and digital age that we're all living in for who knows how long um, and taking advantage of, you know, the, the new accessibility and opportunities that it does offer to really bring the outside world to you. Um, we had another person in the chat asking, how do you see ageism playing into that confidence, especially if you're trying to relaunch a career after a very long career break? Yeah, that's, uh, it's hard. I, you know, when, when you're reading my bio, um, and you said the 20 years experience, I was like, whoa, when did that happen? Um, so, uh, you know, the ageism, I, I don't mean to make light of it, but, um, it is something that I was like, wait, you know, uh age is a number, right? Okay. Um, but you know, I, it's, it's hard. I, I would say, um, I would turn it into a positive again, um, and, and to consolidate the experience that you have, um, in a way that reflects, um, your experience, um, and, and it reflects it in a way that it's a positive thing, right? Like I have so many years of this, I'm a senior person. Um, you might need to refresh your skill set, um, depending on how long you've been out of, um, the, the, uh, the group or department or, or, or um, industry that you're in. And that's fair. And I think that's a fair thing to do is to refresh that, that just so that there's some more recent stuff um, on your resume that you can uh, look at. But, um, you know, I, I'd spin it into positive. Um, I had recently given some advice to a friend um, who, uh, you know, has many years under her belt, let's call it that way. And, um, and we, um, we worked on her resume in a way to, um, kind of group the things that, um, could be more of a range uh, of time and education and all that. Uh, so it's, it was highlighted that the education happened, but it wasn't necessarily the year that it happened. Um, so I, you know, I'll default, I'll default to HR on specifics around that, but, um, uh, I would definitely make sure that there's some things that you can put in from a resume perspective um, that are more recent and then um, and and then just use the experience and the length of experience um, as a positive. I'm also putting a link into the chat here um, where you can check out some of the past chat and learns we've held on ageism. Um, pretty much anything with Helen Sanchez is absolutely wonderful. We even had a panel discussion on this at our um, mega summit um, in June. So please feel free to check out that list. Um, and just like, you know, Christina had said, turning, you know, it's easy to see, you know, see somebody who is older in the workforce and think like they're out of touch or that they've been here too long or whatever. But like we said about, you know, the, the last question too, you have experience that no one else is going to be able to, to replicate because they have not been in your shoes and they've not you know, been in this world as long as you have. Um, so even if you're trying to pivot into a different profession or a different industry, you still have a ton of skills that, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but the kind of the ignorant young whippersnappers aren't going to have. So, you know, really flex that and make it, you know, clear that you, you know how to work within a system, you know how to, you know, handle difficult personalities, you know how to deal, like, there are plenty of skills that you have developed that can't be bought. So definitely make sure that you flex that. Adding on to that flexibility too. I mean, that's so important. And then um, the breadth of knowledge that you probably bring in um, across all areas. I mean, that's, that's such a positive um, and definitely something to highlight. Yeah. Um, so one question just came in on the chat from VE. They're saying, do you have any advice for someone who has dipped their toes in many industries? How do you confidently tell an interviewer uh, or sell an interviewer into investing in you when you've not stayed very long anywhere? Yeah, uh, let me think about that one for a second. I mean, I think it's, again, I would use it as a, uh, as a stepping point in a positive way, right? Again, you have multiple areas of expertise um, in many industries. And I would consolidate that in a theme for 
how you brand yourself. Um, I want to know a lot about a lot, a lot of different things. And I, uh, and that's why I dipped my toes in many areas, um, making sure that I got as much knowledge into uh, myself that I could so that I could find the right fit. And hey, interviewer, um, this is the right fit. This is what I want to do um, based on all that experience and information that I have. Yes, excellent. I mean, and honestly, if you've not stayed very long in many places, I personally identify with this. Um, I've been in, God, five different industries in the time that I've been in the working world. So for the last like, what, 14 years. And it's, you know, you get a little bit of whiplash from it, but it also helps to sometimes explain like, well, I graduated into an absolutely terrible economy. And so I got a job in what, you know, what I could find a job in. So, you know, I, I didn't have skills in that area, but I learned quickly. I, you know, made sure that I applied myself and, and ramped up the, you know, the learning curve so that I could get up, you know, up to speed on this job. Um, and like she said, you know, highlight those soft skills, highlight what's transferable um, and focus on what that through line is. If you're telling this as a story, then what's your plot line? If you're saying like you dipped your toes into other industries, like Christina said, because you wanted to learn a bunch about different, you know, learn a little bit about different areas great, talk to them about that, about that. Or if you were, you know, thinking that you wanted to go this direction and what you learned from that job is actually you're better suited to this industry, you know, then that could be your through line there. Um, we only have about five minutes left in today's chat. Um, this time, it always goes by really quickly. Um, so we do have a couple more questions left to ask. So let's see if we can get through maybe one more before we close out today. Um, let's see. This person had wanted to know um, how do you overcome self-doubt after seeing friends and colleagues advance rapidly in their careers, especially when you feel incapable of landing similar growth opportunities? Yeah, this is where um, empowerment and um, confidence and um, wanting to do good for others around you, like it, it speaks to me. Um, I really try to approach things with a positive attitude. And so, you know, when you see your friends or colleagues advancing, um, you know, take that as, wow, congratulations to them. That's great. Things are good. But then what can you gather from that or from their advancement? What are they doing right? And, and get some feedback or, you know, um, uh, another point of view where, you know, you're seeing what, what's working right for them. How can you apply that to you so that it, it, it's something that's building you up um, and that you can, you know, grow in your area? Um, it's, it's hard. I know. It's almost like, oh, you know, the person across the street got the bigger house and, and, and the, the better grass, right? But um, you want to be happy for them. And I feel like, you know, if you can, you can get through that first, that, that positivity, and apply then the, the things that are working for them onto yourself or, or maybe adjust some of the stuff and self-reflect on the stuff and then apply that. It'll help you advance in your world. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, so in the three minutes we have left in today's chat, um, I just wanted to, again, highlight that Millennium Management's hiring. I'm gonna throw the link um, where you can check out their open postings right now um, and follow them on Powerfly in just a second. Um, so I like to ask um, these two questions before we leave. Um, what is your favorite part about working at Millennium Management? Yeah, so um, I've been at Millennium for eight years, as you mentioned in the beginning of the call. So um, we're evolving and, and it's, it's constant and it's amazing. And, um, and it's a really cool time to be at Millennium right now. Uh, you know, we've got um, all of these different groups. We've got a lot of focus on the employees, a lot of focus on the development of employees. Um, but really what drove me and what keeps me here at Millennium is the people. Um, you will never find anyone uh, more intelligent, uh, more, uh, you know, smart in, in how they operate. Um, but they also have personalities um, and that's great, right? You can work with people who challenge you, who drive you, um, but that you can have some, um, you know, some real interesting conversations with and can get along with and, and develop relationships with. Um, and it's a great place to be. Um, and then from the, uh, the evolution of Millennium, I mean, um, we have a women's group uh, at Millennium. We have different um, uh, employee resource groups, ML Pride. Uh, we have a multicultural network. It's really exciting. Um, and, and we're investing a lot in that. And, and it's, 
there's so many cool events and cool things they're doing and uh, it's, it's just exciting and I'm really proud of, of Millennium right now. That's so nice. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have any tips for somebody who's interested in applying with Millennium? Yep. So um, a couple things. I mean, uh, obviously get your resume out, check to see um, on, uh, I mean, you, you see the careers page here that's listed, see if there's anything that um, speaks to you uh, from your experience. Um, see, if, you know, check out LinkedIn, see if you have anybody that works there that maybe can put in a good word uh, for you and, and can um, direct uh, to HR or direct to that hiring manager to kind of um, start the conversation. Um, but really be prepared. I mean, adjust your resume. I mean, I don't want to say adjust, but, you know, make sure that your resume is in a way that is reading to the role that you're applying for um, so that you have the best chance of success. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to highlight before we go um, that, again, you can check out the link that I posted in the uh, in the Zoom chat um, for more, um, you know, for the links on where you can apply uh, through Power to Fly. Um, if you do so, it is really beneficial to you. Um, Power to Fly has a couple different team members that follow up on those applications. So that way we make sure that nobody gets, you know, lost in the shuffle or falls through the cracks in the system. Um, so please absolutely um, take a look at those postings there. And especially if you don't find anything that would correlate well with your skill set, but you still are really interested in millennium management, please, please, please make sure to hit that follow button. Um, you can follow and unfollow as many companies as you want. You can follow them as many, you can follow and unfollow as many times as you'd like, um, but it's a really great way to stay up to date on these companies. And then you get alerted when they have new roles. Um, so that way you can you know, not miss out on a great opportunity. Um, all right. So to, uh, to close us out for the day, I just want to say a big thank you to Christina. Um, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us, um, sharing your excellent advice. Um, there, is there anything you'd like to say to the audience before we leave? No, I, this was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Feel free to reach out to me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Excellent. Um, I shared Christina's LinkedIn information along with my own in the chat in case you'd like to connect with either of us. So please feel free to do that. Um, and then before we go, I just want to say thank you to our wonderful audience. Um, thank you so much to everybody that submitted such wonderful questions before today's event, and especially those of you that messaged during the event today. Um, there were some absolutely amazing questions, and I really, really appreciate the participation. Um, it makes these events so much more interesting and fun. So thank you so much for that. Um, please take a look at some of our upcoming chat and learn events. Um, we've got virtual events happening every day. Um, so please check out some of those. Um, don't forget our networking event that's happening tonight at five, as well as our uh, networking with confidence trainer that's happening tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, take a look at those and hopefully we'll see many more of you on future chat and learns. Have a nice Thursday, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.